This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. C is for chunk. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome into the happy hour right here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. I am Rico Heller, and I am joined not by Nick, but by Nathan Brennan. What up, what up? How are you? Good, sir? I'm doing all right. It's been an emotional day. How's your last day of all your works going? (sighs) Well, I won't lie. I choked up a little bit on air today, so that was kind of a low moment for me, (laughs) but it's okay. Perfect. Emotion shows that you care, and, and that's that's a good thing. And I'll probably get emotional, too, for my last kind of sign out on the block, so be prepared for that. But, that, again, it's it's a sign that I care. It's a sign that Nebraska is a good place, and it's a sign that uh, it's full of good people. So it's it's all good. It's all good. We're getting through it. I hope you cry. All good things come to an end, though. Is that That's what I keep telling serious. myself. That I don't good. cry, though. I choked up. You're going to cry. I choked up. I'm not going to cry. The problem is – The thing is – the thing is – you're honestly lucky DP isn't here. You would have cried. Why is that? I don't. He has this way. Ugh. He would have brought you a gift. He would have made. And you it's cry. always so sentimental. It too. would have been. It would have been. Uh, would have been a Virginia Tech Bruce Smith jersey. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> it would be something like that. And you would have been like, "What? I don't." And he would have been like, "Take it and hang it up in your in your house." Yeah. He's like, "I appreciate, like, appreciate oh. you. Good luck." Yeah. And then I would. And that would lose. It would. It, it would have worked perfectly. But hey, this is the happy hour. Ninety-three-seven. The ticket. Get in touch with us because in the second segment we will do a tip jar. So I need everybody to participate. Ask Nate any type of question that you want, and he will answer <laughs> it if it's appropriate. If it's appropriate, we need to four, preface that. Four zero two four six four five six eight five. The Honda Lincoln Hotline. The Starter Heyman Text Line. Join us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter on the Starter Heyman Zooters Live video stream. And don't forget to follow us on TikTok as well because we're on there, 93.7 The Ticket. Uh, like, subscribe, everything on YouTube. Like and share our videos on TikTok, Twitter, all that good stuff. Um, but I want to start this off. Nate's mm. talking about getting emotional. You want to know something that's going to get Nebraska <laughs> fans yes. emotional? Satterfield, the offensive coordinator for Nebraska. His, he gets up to the podium, and I'm taking this directly from uh, Mike Schaefer. I would say our very own Mike Schaefer, but he's not. Yeah, kind he's, of. He's not ours, but he's ours. Uh, We're claiming him. That uh, the offense coordinator for Nebraska says, and I quote, prepare for huddles and fullbacks. How does that make you feel, Husker fans? Because <laughs> Nate's got this grin on oh, his face. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. I listen, You don't even have to be a Husker fan. You just have to be a fan of good football. I mean, that's just you, – you hear that and you just think football. Are fullbacks good football or is it just – Yes, it's good football. I don't know about – look, okay. Of I'm course not saying, it's good I'm, football. I'm not saying it's bad football, but I'm not just going to say, oh, this is good fo-. It's It's football. It is also just football. You can have good football without a fullback. You can, you have smash, but there's – You have oh, old school right. Big Ten football with a fullback. Right, right. But, you know, you're not seeing the Pac-12 except for Stanford and Utah using fullbacks. 
Yes, but I, again, I think that when who you in talk the ACC about uses a fullback? The history of uh, outside I'm of Pitt, to think because well, Pitt does sometimes. Pitt's kind of gone away from that now. Georgia Tech used to, they were the last Power Five to run the triple option. Yeah, so Georgia, that was kind of cool. Georgia Tech used to use a fullback, but even Georgia Tech doesn't use a triple option. Now. Well, I don't now know Nebraska, if anyone does. Well, in now the, Nebraska in the has ACC. a uh, has a former Georgia Tech quarterback, so you know it's good. Maybe Virginia Tech should bring back the fullback. Shout but no, I mean that's Marcus that's, Satterfield. I just when you look at the history of Nebraska and you look at their bread and butter, I think that that is the one thing that can stand the test of time is Smash Mouth Power Football. I've said multiple times I don't think a triple option is going to win you a national championship in today's college football, but it's been proven time and time and again, Smash Mouth football will. Mm -hmm. Look at Alabama in the early 2010s. That's how they won. A fullback would have helped Nebraska win a decent amount of games or at least score more points in the previous multiple seasons. Because how many times – and look, I'm sorry. I know Professor Rick is calling me a Debbie Downer. This might be even more Debbie Downer, but I'm trying to bring it into a positive type of light. If Nebraska had a fullback in many of those games, how many times in the red zone between the five and, and, and the end zone was Nebraska in a shotgun? With running back to the oh, side don't of the quarterback. Get me started. But, How many times with one yard to right. go is Nebraska in the shotgun? Nebraska has a fullback line up in the eye formation, either hand it off to the fullback, hand off to the running back, follow the fullback, or just QB sneak. You got a fullback and a running back pushing you forward. I mean, that's that's even more. Yeah, so you, you know, still you still got to have a good offensive line though, and I think that's part of like the frustration is you can have the best fullback in the Big Ten. But if your line stinks, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you might get another yard or two, but you still got to have a good offensive line. Also, Rico, I don't know if you saw uh, the Rose Bowl. Penn State came out in the wing tee. Yeah, twice and scored both times. That was awesome. <laughs> now, I don't again. I don't want to speculate, but if you're throwing a fullback out there, throw out the wing tee. Why not? It yeah. was awesome. It was I'll glorious. Look, look. And see, if Rico, it, that's my point. It, that is it, good football. But the thing is, that is it, good football. If it works, it's good. If they came out in the wing tee <laughs> and, and, like and, lost, and lost yardage, yeah. people would be like, what are you doing? Nobody runs a wing tee anymore. Line up in the shotgun and throw the ball. What are you doing? Oh, it was awesome, though. It was glorious. It was fantastic. And that's what Nebraska – look, not the wing tee, but Nebraska is going to get back <laughs> to some fullback – type football according to Marcus Satterfield. They're going to be a pro like you said, we're going to be a pro style offense. And I understand Husker fans, when you hear pro style offense, you cringe a little bit. But hey, according to him, they're going to huddle, pro style, have a fullback. He mentioned his first play with Tennessee Chattanooga that he called here at Nebraska when they played. It was a handoff to the fullback. It gained four yards. That's how much he loves (laughs) the fullback. (laughs) He remembers that. Well I just want to see a quarterback under center too. When's the last, I mean, I know we saw it a few times yeah. last year, but you don't see it very often. How many times have you seen it? And this is just just kind of something that you, you you hearken back to. Quarterback under center hands the ball off and then just stands there. Doesn't it? Doesn't do anything else. Like that's you know that's that's great. You know you you see your quarterback not throwing himself into harm's way, running an RPO where somebody's going right. to light him up, even if he get out of the way, the ball dude. Just because he's in the way, quarterback hands it off and is just standing off to the side. Let me ask avoid you avoid injury that way. Let me ask you this, Rico, and I'll ask the text line too four zero two four six four five six eight five. When's the last time Nebraska lined up under center for a QB sneak? Because I don't know if you saw TCU did it a lot. Multiple times. In their game against Michigan, you had the guy, I think it was a receiver or yeah, a tight end that was behind him and shoved him. Because they should have used a QB sneak against Kansas State, and they didn't. I know. And then they're just like, all right, we're going to prove you guys no, wrong. Gonna, see, we can do this. Good for you because you won a playoff game. When's the last time Nebraska did that? 
Because since Casey, I've been here, I didn't no. Did Casey sneak? Casey didn't sneak. And if he didn't, and I'm not concerned. A shotgun snap is not a sneak. Don't give me that. Mm, okay, so Adrian that's, didn't sneak. That's not a sneak. That is uh, not a sneak. I don't know. I maybe Adrian had a sneak in there somewhere at some point. Under center. I think so. Are you sure about I'm, that? No, I'm not. That's the problem. I'm not sure. And I don't know if Tanner Lee did. I know for a fact Tommy did. Okay. I don't know if Tanner Lee ever did. I, I'm not sure about Adrian. <laughs> Dexter says Adrian did and fumbled. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, and again, look, well. I'm just going through Twitter right now because, again, Marcus Satterfield um, is talking to the media right now and then Nebraska's defensive coordinator. I can't remember his last name. Tony. Defensive coordinator? Yeah. Tony White. Tony White is going to speak after him. Uh, so I'm just scrolling through Twitter looking at the the comments that, that the media are currently posting right now. Michael Brents also says that Satterfield mentioned, we're going to use tight ends, which is something that Nebraska fans have been hoping for for the longest time. If you know anything about Nebraska in quite some time, they have talented tight ends. And they first never, team all Big, big and Ten. They never find a way to use them. He was first team all Big Ten. He still was not used as well as he should have been used. No. Nebraska has always had talented tight ends, but they've never used them to the full scope of their, their capability. So to hear Satterfield mention tight ends, fullbacks, huddles, pro style, you know, running the ball, I'm sure Nebraska fans that are listening to this press conference and not listening to us are over the moon. Because that is, it's, look, I would say that that is more Nebraska-style football than we have seen. Yeah, and that's why I'd be interested to see, or I'm interested to hear, I guess I should say, Tony White talk about the defense because I probably have a few more questions. Because to be honest with you, Rico, I, I hear about this three-three-five. They've talked about it a ton during bowl season. A lot of successful defenses. TCU, TCU, Syracuse, yep. um, who is one of the better defensive teams Michigan, in the country. Michigan and JJ McCarthy would talk about running all over the the, the TCU three-three-five. How'd that work out for you? Nope. And I, I I'm just curious. I'm curious to hear more about it. I'm I'm curious to hear what he expects on the recruiting trail because that's the thing too. Is and Jay's talked about that quite a bit. Is that if you run a three-three-five, you have to recruit to it. You you have to have the personnel. You have to have the athletes on the field. So I'm I'm assuming that someone's going to ask him about the three-three-five, and I'm assuming someone's going to ask about recruiting. So that that's what I'm more curious for. But I think our offense is at least headed in the right direction, coach speak wise. Gets you excited? Look, they <laughs> you they have to be they excited. Yeah, I mean they they what did rule said they didn't want to win the off season. They just you know want to want to win games. So. Right now, unfortunately for Rule, you're winning the offseason. I don't know if that's a problem for him. Well, that, uh, but with your recruiting class is, being in the top 25, getting three, four stars, um, all on the defensive side, all on the defensive line, I believe, actually. Um, and then the the some of the coaching hires have been considered big wins. Some have more head scratchers. Right. Um, and then right now from from Satterfield, and depending on what Tony White says, uh, you're winning with your coordinator hires, uh, and and they're winning with exactly what they're saying to Husker fans. So even if you didn't want to win the offseason, it seems as if you're doing that at a very high level right now. Well, you kind of knew that at least after his first press conference, I think that's when you could kind of grasp the situation and say, oh, 
this guy this guy knows how to talk to people and he's recruiting at a high level too and I'm I'm assuming that that persuasion how to talk to people goes into that. Mm-hmm. The question is now Rico, unfortunately with Husker fans, I think that they've heard it so many times that now if it doesn't work out it's okay we're done with this because I I think that each off season, at least since I've been here, it's okay. We're gonna buy back in. We're gonna buy back in. Eventually, you're gonna get beat down so many times that you can't buy back in. So it's like, okay, well, look, let's see progression this year. I thought that was me this last off season. I know, but and then they then they reeled me back. And they reeled in, you back. And they got in. me back in. And and with a new coach and a new staff and and new voices being heard, it's to me easier to buy back in than it is if you've heard the same voice for many years tell you the same things over and over again and still seeing no progress on the field. Hearing somebody new talk about things and talk about how they're going to, you know, run their offense, run their defense, run their team, how things are going to go inside of the the walls of of the training facility, it just makes you feel a little bit more – I can't even think of the word – it – it gives you like a calming feeling, kind of. It's a of. breath of fresh air. Yeah, a breath of fresh air where you're sitting there and you're like, okay, this guy, we haven't heard from him before. He's saying all the right things. Maybe this will work out. But then, you know, once the season starts, once everything gets real, you hope that they stick to what they were talking about. You hope right. that Satterfield's saying, we're going to run the ball. We're going to use tight ends. We're going to huddle. You hope they keep doing that. Or is it going to be the first time they run into some adversity, they start slinging the rock all over or running – uh, uh, a much faster tempo of offense. They get the fullback out of there because mm-hmm. why would you need somebody in there who's not going to really provide you with any type of um, danger in terms of, of you know stretching a defense or anything like that? You hope they stick to their word and everything comes together in the right way. And, I mean, Wet Blanket, you're completely right. Everybody wants to run the ball, but not everybody can run the right. ball. And that brings me back to what I was going to talk about in this first segment. Nebraska's got some big boys coming in this weekend, and we'll get this real quick before we hit a break and we go to the tip jar, which, again, I want all of you guys to join in. 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, starting him in text line, Texas, a bunch of questions. But Nebraska has some big boys coming in, um, a transfer tackle from Stanford in Walter. I'm bad with last names today. I don't know why. I'm extremely bad with last names today. They've, they Walter. The kid from Stanford? Yeah. Uh, don't worry, I'll find it in like two seconds. Walter Rouse, Roos, Rouse. I think I'm gonna say Rouse. I think I said Roos, and Brian Munson said Rouse. So okay, I would so, go with Brian Munson. So the <laughs> offensive tackle transfer from Stanford, Walter Rouse, and the offensive guard transfer from Baylor, Micah Mazula, both visiting Nebraska. Walter also visiting Oklahoma and Iowa. Um, we actually just talked to Brian, and he said he felt pretty good about two of the three visitors this weekend, also including the wide receiver transfer from Virginia, who you said yesterday was the real deal. He is the real deal. Um, and I hate to say that because I hate but Virginia, but he if, is the real deal. If Nebraska gets these two, they – and again, we were talking to Brian Munson of On3. He talked about them as road graders, especially Micah Missoula, who was a former three-star, went into Baylor and just kind of showed out a road grader. So if you're talking about running the ball, if you're talking about you know being a physical team, these two and Walter with 39 starts in his career at Stanford would be perfect gets. But if you think about it, and this is something that uh, I've thought about, if you get these two and they become starters, you've got four starters on your offensive line who did not play for you last season. 
and that's including Nori because he was suspended last season. Right. You would have Walter at left tackle, Nori at left guard, Ben Scott, the transfer from Arizona State at center. 28 games. And then Micah Missoula at right guard, uh, who was at Baylor last season, and then whoever you decide on your right tackle. And the offensive line unit is built on camar- not, not camaraderie on um, – Everybody being on the same page, trusting each other, and knowing what the person on either side of you is going to do. So having all of those starters coming in, possible starters coming in, from transfers from other schools is going to take some time to gel. Hopefully it happens in the offseason, but in the first couple of games, if it seems a little hectic, that could be a reason. It's. I tell you what, though. It is Thank you, Pete. so impressive to see what they've done on the offensive line transfer portal. Like they I I agree. I think hopefully they get one of these guys. They've already got Ben Scott who's going to step in that role. Nuri's going to be coming back. What's crazy to me and and I talked about this extensively when when the season ended and everyone said, "Okay, we need to go to the transfer portal for offensive linemen." Those guys don't grow on trees. There's a reason that the number 1 transfer portal lineman from Rhode Island who played at Rhode Island, was getting offers from every team under the sun. Everywhere. Like, offensive linemen do not transfer often. That's that's not a regular occurrence. So if you can get an elite offensive lineman in the transfer portal, which Nebraska's already done, Ben Scott, mm-hmm. who, started, who started 28 games. He started over two seasons, which is huge. Granted, he only started one season at center. Right. But, but he's still, played on, on the, the offensive, offensive line, line at a Power 5 level. It seems like Walters is a similar boat. He's played over, I believe, 40 games as a starter. 39, 39 excuse me. Like, that that does not happen. So for Nebraska to not only notice these guys, get them in the building, have them considering Nebraska is huge. And mm-hmm. it's something that I'll be honest with you guys, I didn't expect. But they're doing something right. Because, again, these offensive linemen that transfer don't grow on trees. No. It doesn't happen. So I I think a part of that, and this will be the last thing I say before we go to break and get to the tip jar, I believe, now I could be wrong, both of them are from the northeastern area of the United States. Okay. Which has become something of a – like a bingo card, like a spot on a bingo <laughs> card. If you look at a recruit and it's just like, oh, from the Northeast, check that off the bingo card. That's exactly what Matt Rule and this staff are looking for because it seems like that's an area that they're going to hit extremely hard in recruiting and transfers and, and what have you. So that's going to do that for the first segment here on the Happy Hour. Again, tip jar coming up next. Get your texts in. Any type of question. It can be silly. It can be serious. It mm. can be weird. Me and Nate will answer them. Maybe we'll even bring Austin in. 402-464-5685. Join us for the tip jar on the happy hour up next. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.